we just got back from Israel uh, yesterday, got home around 2 o'clock, and a uh, phenomenal trip. Many of you have asked about uh, what we saw and all that, so be sure to get on our Facebook page, and uh, you can see some of the things that we saw. Uh, appreciate your prayers. I hear that Joel Goddard last week hit a home run. Is that right? I hear. Yeah, so so a couple of our guys, when I showed up this morning, they thought, man, we thought Joel was going to be back this morning. Uh, you're stuck. You're stuck. Uh, with a second fiddle here, so I, you know, but it's, hey, it's good to be back this morning, uh, we're continuing in a series called Emotionally Healthy uh, Spirituality, and uh, today what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend some time talking about enlarging your soul through grief and loss, uh, that be okay with you guys? Y'all ready to dial it in? Let's dial it, are y'all alive? You awake? Yeah. Listen, if, any, if anybody should be sleepy, it's me, because my body clock says I'm like seven hours ahead of time. Not y'all, okay? So let's dial it in this morning. So here's, here's the deal. As human beings, we really experience two, two separate true emotions. One is positive, one is negative. We experience pleasure, we experience pain. Pain comes in a variety of forms. Uh, it can be uh, fear, it can be hurt, it can be anger. And obviously, pleasure comes also in a variety of forms. The thing about it is this. When it comes to pain, every single one of us in this room, we do whatever it ha we have to do not to experience that emotion. Would you agree with me? And the thing about pleasure is we will do whatever is required of us to experience that emotion. It's just the way that God has really wired us. And so all emotions that we experience, really the root, if you will, or the means, or even the end, that is, is either pleasure or pain. And so this morning, I want to spend some time talking about a very painful, painful, deep emotion. And that is the emotion, that is the feeling of grief or of loss. Now, the thing about it is this. Some of us, if we're honest, we would say, Pastor, I haven't experienced the depths of grief or loss. Some of us would say, Pastor, I have experienced the true depths of grief or loss. Whether you're on one side or on the other, the reality is this. The moment that you and I were born, the moment that we took our first breath on this earth, we begin the slow and steady process of decaying, of dying. Every breath that you take, every day that you live, is a breath and a day that you were not promised on this earth, but it is a breath and a day that you are taking that is closer to death. Every single day. Every single breath. It is a, it is a breath and it is a day closer to to death. The thing about it is this. The way that we are wired, the thing we don't want to do is we don't want to talk about that. We want to kind of push that to the side and say, let's just not talk about that, especially in the church. Many of us, when we come to church, we want to talk about happy thoughts, right? We want to talk about positive things. We want to leave and we want to feel better about ourselves. But the reality is this. The church as a whole has done a pitiful, pathetic job dealing with grief and loss. The reason why is because in a lot of churches, we want you to come and we want you to put on your happy face, right? We want you to come and put on your 
experience joy and to feel pain and to feel all of these different emotions because that is the way that God has made us. It's the way we're wired. The statement that Jesus made more than any other statement in the entire New Testament is do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. See, here's what happens. Many of us live our lives afraid. Do you know what we're afraid of? Grief and loss. We live our lives afraid of losing a loved one. We live our lives afraid of losing a job. We live our lives afraid of losing an investment. We live our lives afraid of losing whatever the case may be. Many of us live our lives that way. And Jesus said this, do not be afraid. The one thing that Jesus said more than any other thing in all the New Testament with his mouth is, do not be afraid. So I would just tell you this morning, listen. Can we just put our guards down for a little while? I don't know what's happened in your life this morning or over the weekend. But church a lot of times is the place where people come and they put their walls up. Can we just say this is going to be a wall-free zone this morning? That we're all going to put our walls down. That we're going to be free to live and we're going to be free to just experience all the emotions that God has for us. Can we do that this morning? So I want us to pray that God would do that this morning. Can we do that? So God, right now, I want to ask that the Holy Spirit of God would create a deep chasm in us now. For us to experience the emotions that you have for us. Some of us, if we are honest this morning, we have truly never, ever, ever grieved over loss. Whether it is the loss of a friendship, the loss of money, the loss of a loved one. Whatever the case may be, some of us this morning, if we are completely honest at the core, at the soul level, many of us would say we have truly never allowed our souls to experience that to the depths that you want us to experience that. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray this morning that we would take down our walls. We would be us. We would allow you to touch us, the innermost depths of who we are, to experience all that you have for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 26. Verse 36, if there was ever anybody in the entire Bible who enlarged his soul through grief and loss, guess who it was? It was Jesus. He gave us an example of what it was like to enlarge our soul through grief and loss. Listen to what the Bible says. And then before we kind of read this, let me just kind of give you the story. So Jesus has come over from Bethany. He's gone over the Mount of Olives through Gethsemane. He's gone up. He's been in Jerusalem. He's spent time with his disciples. They've enjoyed a meal together. Then they go outside the city walls of Jerusalem. And they go to a, a garden. The Garden of Gethsemane is where Jesus is going to spend the last hours before, before he's taken as a prisoner. The thing about it is this. Every single year, what the Roman Empire would do is they would take someone who is, who is a criminal. And they would take that criminal and they would treat them like a king for one week. And they would give them the choicest food, the choicest wine, the choicest pleasure, the choicest women, whatever that person wanted. They were treated like a king for an entire week. And then they were executed. 
Jesus was the king. You ever wondered why he had a crown of thorns? You ever wondered why it says this is the king of the Jews? Because they were mocking him as a criminal. They were saying, yeah, you're the king, then come down from that cross, right? That he knew that he was about to experience the depths of grief and loss. And yet through it all, his soul was enlarged. So let's see what the Bible says in verse 36 of Matthew 26. 26, it says, and Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be what, life church? Everybody say it. What, did Jesus, what emotion did Jesus experience? What is it? He began to be Another word that's used there is the word depressed. I wonder if we were to go around the room this morning and we were to say, how many of you have ever felt just for a brief period of your life, just a, maybe a day or a week or a season of depression? I bet that many of us could raise our hands. Maybe you could have, but I believe many of us could say there has been a day or a month or a year or years where I have felt just this, this emotion of depression. That's the emotion we're talking about there. The same word that's used for depressed or depression is the word that's used here for sorrowful. Jesus was depressed that was about to happen, what was about to take place. And it says, and he was what? What is that next word? Troubled. He was troubled. Have you ever felt troubled? Another word that can you can be used there is the word anguish. He he felt a sense of anguish. Continues on and he said, and then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed. If we were to go around this room and put our walls down, many of us would be able to say, yes, there has been a time in my life or times in my life where I have felt overwhelmed. I felt that life is a lot bigger than me and I felt that life and my situations is a lot bigger than God. Yes, I felt overwhelmed. I felt the weight of the world. I felt the pain of the past. I felt the pain of loss and grief. Yes, I felt overwhelmed. And that's the emotion that Jesus is experiencing. And he was overwhelmed with what, Life Church? Sorrow to the point of death. Here's what that means. Jesus was so much in anguish, so overwhelmed, that before he went to the point where he would die, to the place that he would die, he felt so much the weight of the world. He was so overwhelmed, so depressed, so much in anguish, that he felt like dying. Have you ever said the world would just be better off without me? Have you ever said, listen, my loved ones would just be better off? Well, Jesus is saying this. He's saying, listen, I am so overwhelmed to the point of wanting to die. Can you identify like church with that emotion? Continues on and says, he says, stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. He says, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Do you know what Jesus was asking his dad? A lot of times we just read over this. And we get to the point of him being crucified. And we take the emotion out of it. But do you know what Jesus was actually asking? Do you, can you grasp what he was really saying? Here's what he was saying. God, 
Is there another way that you can do this? Is there another way? Is there another possibility? You are God. And God, you can do anything you want to do. Is there another way? Is there another choice? Is there another option? So that I don't have to go through with this. Can you accomplish, God, what you want to accomplish another way? That's what he was asking God. How many of us have ever asked that? We've said, God, really? Like, really, God? How many of us have said, God, why? Why did you do that? Why did you let me go through with that? God, why? Would Jesus say, God, can, is there just another way? Can, can we look into alternatives here? Are you sure you have to do it this way? And then he says this. He enlarged his soul. Watch, watch, watch. Watch the turning point. He says, <coughs> yet not what I want. It's not about me. That's what you want. He enlarged his soul and he said, God, at the end of the day, my life is not my own. My life is not really even about me. It's about you. He enlarged his soul and he says, I am not the center of the universe. There's a lot riding on this. God, I realize that you could do it another way if you wanted to because you're God, but you're not choosing to do it another way. And so, God, it's not my, it's not my choice to make. It's your choice. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Continues on. Verse 40, it says, Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Now, if, that was, if I was Jesus, I'm glad I'm not. And I was praying, and the Bible says in Mark that it was like drops of blood were coming from his forehead. He was in that much anguish. And if I went, and the guys that I spent the last three years with, every day, all the time, pouring everything I had into them, and I'd pray for an hour and they couldn't sleep, then you know what I'd do? I'd just zap them. Just zap them. Right. But Jesus, I'm glad I'm not. So it says, he says to them, guys, couldn't you keep watch with me for an hour, for one hour? Couldn't you stay up? And he didn't just ask all of me. He, he asked Peter. And he says, guys, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. How many of, you, how many of us can, you, can identify with what he says next? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Verse 42, it says, he went away a second time. So he goes and prays for an hour. He goes back. He sees his disciples sleeping here. He's like, guys, come on. Can you just pray with me? Can you pray for me? Do you realize what's about to happen? I told you the last three of the year, three years, it's going to happen. It's about to happen. Can you just stay awake for a little while? So he does that. And then he goes back away from them. And here's what he says. My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, May your will be done. A second time. Listen. A second time Jesus says this. God, is there another way? Is there an alternative? Can you do it? Because God, you can do anything you want to do. Can you accomplish salvation for the entire world? Any other way? Do I have to experience the emotions and the pain of loss that I'm about to experience? And then what does Jesus say? He says, but once again, it's not my will. It's not about me, it's about you. And then it says in verse 43, when he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. Really? 
And so he left them and he went away once more and he prayed the third time. Listen, he says the same thing. God, are you sure? Is this the way we're going to do it? See, Jesus, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. So the emotions of pain and anger and sadness and grief and bitterness and all those emotions that you and I experience, Jesus experienced because he was fully man, although he was fully God. And he says to the Father again, God, is there another way? I really believe that the reason Jesus did that is to give you and I an example. An example of how we are to handle life when we feel in anguish, overwhelmed, depressed, whenever we experience grief and loss. And it says, then he left them because they were asleep and he went away once more and prayed the third time. And he returned to the disciples and said to them, guys, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come. The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. And at that time, he sees Judas coming, and they're about to take him as a prisoner. Would you like this morning to hear how to handle grief and loss? Here's the deal. The church is not talking about this. Church is talking about this. At Life Church, our church, what we want more than anything else is for you to be what we want more than anything else is for you to come without your guard up and allow the Holy Spirit to do something powerful in your life. So here we go. First, you have to listen to the interruption. You have to listen to the interruption. The bottom line is this. Many times what we say is just push it down. Whenever you experience loss, whenever you lose a job, Whenever you lose a relationship, uh, whenever you lose a spouse through whether divorce or death, a lot of times we just, here's what we say, push it down and be strong. And that is, look, that may be great practical like advice for living, but that is garbage. That is not what the Bible says. That is not what Jesus did. Jesus didn't say, I'm just going to fake it till I make it. I remember when my sister died, and I was I was 22. I remember the funeral, and the line was outside the door, and I would say, and I remember numerous people coming by, and if there was one thing that people said that was common that most people said was this: "You've got to be strong for your mom." Don't ever tell somebody that ever again. Don't tell them. See, the bottom line is this. For some reason, God chose me to go through the experiences that I've gone through. And for some reason, God allowed you to go through the experiences that you've gone through. But it wasn't, listen, it wasn't so that we would put on false pretenses and pretend to do or be or feel the way that we don't really feel. No, what God wants us to do, like in any time we experience grief or loss, whatever the case may be, it is an interruption in our lives. Our lives will be changed forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. I'll never forget 
I went, I was about to graduate high school. And for me, I, that, was, that was a loss. For many of y'all, are like, that was a gain, right? Like, get to the point and get out of there. But for me, I, was, I remember talking to my mom, and I remember saying, Mom, what am I going to do? I mean, I, I go to high school, and I know people, and, and they know me, and I'm going to go to a new world of college, and I'm not going to know anybody. And this was about a week before I graduated from high school, right? For me, that was a loss. Now, was it as big as losing somebody that I loved? No, but it was a loss. It was an interruption in my life. What God wants us to do, life church, is this. Listen to the interruptions. Don't try to push them down. Don't try to slough them off. Don't try to suppress it. No, listen to the interruptions. Before Jesus died, it was an interruption in his life. But to interrupt with... Now, the thing about it is most people say, look, you don't have to feel. That's pretty much what they say when they say, look, just be stronger. Be strong for that person. You don't have to feel bad, bad advice. Let me give you a second thing. And that is this. Learn to fall. Learn to fall. I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about spiritually. The Bible says this in James chapter 4, verse 6. God opposes the proud. But gives what to the humble life church? Do you know that verse? He gives grace. He gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. Now here's the thing about it. Here's the thing that we oftentimes do. And some of you, I do go to bed. This is what some of you are thinking. This is before I experienced a lot of grief, a lot of loss. What I would think is what I think. Well, my situation isn't as bad as somebody else's. As a matter of fact, I was in Israel this past week, and me and one of our overseers, Pastor Jimmy, we were with another guy. We were just kind of talking, just hanging out and whatnot. We were in an Irish pub where we heard Sweet Home Alabama. It's like, really? Irish pub in Jerusalem here, Sweet Home Alabama. I, I don't know how that is, but we did. And after we all, you know, stood up and sang the song together, not really, we're talking. And so Jimmy, he tells this guy, he's like, you know, Jason's gone through a bunch of crap in his life. And this guy said, oh, yeah, really? Well, you know, what, what happened? And he wasn't trying to be insensitive by any means. A great godly man loves Jesus always. And so, you know, for the next five minutes, I tell him about, you know, what life, you know, sort of the, the, the hand that I've been dealt, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and here's what he said. And he didn't, and he didn't mean this to be rude. It wasn't insincere. It wasn't mean-spirited. It was like, you know, well, and, and, and he kind of said it. It was just kind of casual. It was like, well, at least it's not as bad as some people. And that's the way some of us feel this morning. Well, at least it ain't as bad as some people. But can I tell you something? You're not living somebody else's life. You're living your life. And no, look, if you want to like compare apples to oranges, go right ahead. No, it may not be as bad as them, but listen, it's your life. And if you say it's bad, it's bad. Right? So, learn to fall. Thirdly, this is kind of where I want to camp out. And listen, more than anything else, listen, listen. Some of y'all need to hear what I'm about to say. Okay? Because I think what, what we're about to talk about applies to any situation when we've experienced pain in our lives. And that is this, two simple words. Let go. Now, I didn't start singing, let it go. <laughs> I'm not clean Elsa or anything. All right? Don't run me. 
town. If you and I don't learn how to transform pain in our lives, then we will transfer it to somebody else. 100% of the time, hurting people do what, folks? They hurt people. And if you and I, listen to me, if you and I don't let go, and we give control to God, then in every single situation, we will hurt somebody else. What do I mean when I say let go? Listen, this is what I mean. That's what I mean. Many of us, this is our souls this morning. Our souls are restricted and our souls are constricted. We are a bundle of nerves, a bundle of emotions. And for some reason, someone has told us to be strong, not to grieve, not to weep, not to feel, not to be emotional. And we've stuffed that down. And this is our souls this morning. And all that God wants us to do is this. Just let go. When you are in control, listen to me. When you are in control, God is out of control. But when you let go, you are out of control. And guess who then can have control? The Lord Jesus. When Jesus said, God, oh God, if there's another way, do it that way. But I'm not in control. This is not my choice. If I'd have chosen a different lot in life, I would have taken it in a heartbeat. It's not about me, God. It's about you and your glory. God, I let go. I let go. God, I let go. That's what Jesus said. You may be here this morning and you have a secret sin that you're holding on to. And you understand what Jesus when he says he was overwhelmed, you know why? Because he was overwhelmed with the sin of the world. It was bearing down on his shoulders. And the sin of your world that you've kept in secret for so long, you carry every day of your life, right? You try to run from God. You try to put up walls. You try to tell everybody it's okay. But you're afraid to come clean because you're going to lose respect. You may lose your reputation, but you're carrying the weight of the world. And listen, all that God is saying is this. Would you just let go? Just let go. Just give it to me. Allow me to enlarge your soul through this. It's not about you. Yes, maybe you've messed up. Maybe you failed, but you're not a failure. Don't you just let go? Maybe your marriage has been broken and you are in fear of the loss of a marriage. And you listen, and you tried to cover it up. And you tried to put on false pretenses. And you've told everybody it's okay. And you know it's not okay. And you tried to stuff and push and not feel. And God is saying, oh, wow, just let go. Just give it to me. I can handle it. It's not the first marriage I fixed. 
sexual abuse. If you could have drawn a different lot in life, you would have. If you could trade places with other people, you would have done it in a minute. But for some reason, when you say, God, is there another way God allowed that situation to happen? I don't know why. My heart grieves for you. It hurts for you. It breaks for you. Just how the loss that you may have experienced at such an early age. I can't, I can't imagine that happening to one of my daughters. I literally, oh, I hurt for you. I hurt for you. But it's not your will. God allowed that interruption in your life for a reason. I don't know why. Why don't you, instead of holding on to bitterness and questioning God, why would you let go? Maybe this morning you've lost a parent, a spouse, And you're so angry at God. You're so mad at Him. God, why do bad people get away with so much? God, why is there so much injustice in the world? Your precious mom or your dad or your spouse or your child. Why them? Why you? I don't know. Adolescence. 
maybe there's a person that hurt you, a bully that picked on you, a girl that cheated on you, or a boy that cheated on you, and today it has created a wound of insecurity in you. Maybe you're saying, I'll never measure up. No, you will measure up. But you have to let go. Listen to what I'm about to say, Life Church. Before you can live again in those areas, you must die. Do you know what I just said? Before there's resurrection life, before Jesus could rise from the grave, he had to die. And what God is saying all the while to all of us is just die to it. Let go of it. I can handle it. Give it to me. Maybe you have an overbearing and critical parent. Or maybe you have an absent parent. And you're faking it till you make it. This is a place of transparency in this room today. Let go. Maybe you were let go from a job that you really loved. Lost the career that you had planned out for your life. Major interruption. Why don't you take today to not let it go because there's a big difference. But let go. Maybe you were sold out by someone. Maybe something they told you. You never thought they would break your trust and you were holding on to bitterness, resentment. Before you're going to ever be able to live fully, and truly, and honestly, emotionally, you have to die. You have to die to that. There will never be resurrection life unless you die to it. Maybe there was a time where you just knew God would come through and God didn't come through. Let it go. I'll never forget. The, after about the first year of losing my sister. I was 22. And everybody told me to be strong. So guess what I was? Strong. Everybody told me, hey, you need to be strong for your mom because she's really going to have a hard time. And I was strong for mom because she had a really hard time. I cried one time. First six months to a year. It was the day of the funeral. I went away and cried down at Garden Lakes Park. Stayed down there 20 minutes just weeping. And I said, I'm done with it. Over. I'm not going to cry anymore. <clears throat> I'm going to be tough. I'm going to suppress. I'm going to stuff down. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be tough. Everybody's going to look at me as an example of how to deal with grief and loss. That's going to be Jason. The next year was hard. Because everything in me said, feel, feel, deal with the emotions, deal with the pain, deal with the struggle, with the heartache, deal with the questions you have for God, deal with it. But no, 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 everybody else says, be tough, be strong, be a man, and men are not emotional. I wish somebody would have told me then what I'm telling you now. Some of you say, I've never lost a loved one. Listen to me, listen, listen. You will. 
You will. You'll bury a parent or a grandparent or a spouse or God forbid a child. You will if you have. A year later, of all places, I'm at the Garden Lakes Park. I was an intern at West Rome. I had a mentor, Billy Murdoch. Billy Murdoch, he helped me with dealing with pain and loss and grief took me a year. Because on one hand, the world is saying, be a plastic person. Don't admit weakness or failure or grief or loss or heartache. Don't be transparent. And on the other hand, I had my mentor say, feel, grieve, hurt. Learn to live with a scar. Here's what happened a year later. I finally got to a point where I said this. God, I, I wish you'd have done something different. Wish you'd chosen somebody else. But thank you. It's not my will to be done, God. But whatever your will is, may I live my life, my, may my soul be so big that I glorify you. I want to ask you to bow your heads as I pray for you this morning. Father, I, I want to pray for every person here today, whether they've experienced deep loss, be it in the form of career or self, identity, a loved one, whatever be the case. I want to pray for every person here, whether they have or whether they will. God, there's something about going through the valley. There's something about it building character in us. There's something about it interrupting our lives. There's something about it, you allowing us to transform pain so that we don't transfer it to other people. There's something about us being able to say we let go. And so Lord, as honestly as we can be this morning, in a spirit of transparency, not being somebody that we're not, We release our pain. We release our loss. We release those people that hurt us. We release those mistakes that we've made. God, help us to feel again. To feel all the emotions that you have for it, have for us. Whether they be emotions of pain or emotions of pleasure. God, help us to die. To die. By letting go to die. That you might give us resurrection life. <coughs> I'm going to ask you if you would to open your eyes and stand to your feet right now. This is what we're going to do, Life Church. I'm going to kind of be in the front. Some of you... Today's the day for you. Today's the day. Some of you need to pray. Pray for yourself or maybe a loved one. So what we're going to do is we're just going to allow you. If you need to come forward and pray, you can. You can stay in your seat and pray if you'd like to. 
You can sing if you'd like to. We just want to give you opportunities, Life Church. Opportunities. So if you'd like to pray, that's an opportunity. If you'd like to sing, praise God, that's an opportunity. If you would like to talk with somebody, we want to give you that opportunity. This one. So Josh, will you lead us?